Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Lynn, thank you very much for talking to me on uh, Human Stories. And you run a cat adoption centre in France, is that right? Yes, it's um, me reckon probably the only dedicated cat adoption centre in France. There's many um, different associations and SPAs who rehome cats and dogs, but um, we dedicate to, to cats. I'm an animal behaviourist who um, I specialised in cats. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm a cat person myself, but not a professional one. <laughs> we've we've rescued. You don't have to be professional. For <laughs> no, we're, le- we're we're learning really quick. I mean, I'm, we've rescued five cats so far. Yeah, um, they teach you a lot. <laughs> they do indeed. Yes. <laughs> um, but um, I, I could talk uh, all morning about uh, how we rescued those, but I want to talk to you. Right? It's much more interesting. Um, so you're based in France, and but you're obviously English or British. What made you move to France in the first place? Uh, we'd always holidayed in France, and then my husband took early retirement from British Telecom. We both worked for British Telecom. Um, and we said at that point that, we could fulfil the dream and bring our two young children here um, and have a nice life. But we kind of fell into cat rescue and <laughs> the rest <laughs> is history, really. Yeah. Um, how many years ago was that? Um, well, we moved here 21 years ago. Uh, we've yeah. been doing the um, adoption centre for 17 years. Oh, that's incredible. Okay, well, your website we'll talk about in a minute um, is very popular. It's had nearly two million visits. Yeah, it's sometimes <laughs> a bit too popular. It, it crashes now and again, but, yeah, it's quite a resource centre in actual fact. Both vets and um, individuals use it. Yeah, I was going to say, while we're talking about it, then you've got lots of um, really useful information on the website to yeah. to everybody, wherever they are, not just, obviously, local yeah. to you in France, but... Uh, we, we, help, we try and help wherever we can. Um, we, we give out a lot of advice and help communes put in place um, TNR, which is Trap New to Return for Wild Cats. So it's not just the adoption centre that we, we help with. Right, amazing. Okay, so that's, that's how you started. Um, what advice would you give to people about, um, about adopting a cat? Well, it, it really depends on their personal circumstances. Um, the cats we have, we know, and they're placed with the best family for them. Yeah. So it depends on everyone's different circumstances, but there's always a cat to fit them. We, we just need to give the people the advice and guide them towards the ones that are suitable for them. Sure, I suppose that you know some cats would be maybe too lively if they're too young for an older person, etc. Yeah, there's lots of different reasons. There's our, one of our policies is not to rehome uh, kittens younger than four or five months mm-hmm. on their own because we get so many that have behaviour problems um, that are abandoned because of that, and they're cats that are really difficult to rehome mm-hmm. afterwards because they don't know the limits. A kitten needs another cat company. They need to be able to fight and to be told off. 
and a human can't replace that. We're not the same species. Yeah. So we, they need other cat company. We, yeah. we see too many abandoned cats when they're a year, 18 months old, and they bite and they scratch because they don't know the limits between us and them. Yeah. And they are difficult cats to rehome. So there's mm. lots of different reasons. Yeah, sure. Our first um, one, just the, the mother of this uh, of three cats was run over, and uh, and somebody mm. walked into a French restaurant with a box with three kittens in it. Yeah. <clears throat> and we took one. I always regret not taking two or all three. In fact, because I think two of them are no longer with us, where they weren't looked after properly. Mm. Um, we took one. Um, and he was hard work, uh, but of course we looked after him totally. He's been in, yeah. in, he's had his injections and chipped and snipped and everything. Um, a lot of people will accept them as they are, but it's mm. not in the welfare of the, the kitten to be on its own. No, sure. And, and because we see so many abandoned afterwards, um, we, we put in place the policy, and we have there are adoption fees, but. We have facilities of payment and all sorts of things that can be put in place if people want two, three or four, however many. <laughs> sure. Well, you've obviously got costs to run um, your place yeah. and also yeah. pay for the, yeah. the the chipping and snipping, as I yeah. call it. Our, our costings about 16000 a month. Wow. Um, roughly half of each cat, if you like, costs us about 450 to get to adoption. Mm-hmm. And we ask for roughly half of that in adoption fee. Um, the rest we have to find through donations and any way we can. We have a little shop which does well for us, mm. um, which runs on donations. Um, so, yeah, it's hard work. We have five employees that work part-time. Um, we have a group of 50 volunteers that help out too. Wow, 50? Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we run about 50 more or less <laughs> wow. so so yeah it's quite a thing but people think I spoke to a lady um, last week for instance she was giving a lot very generous gave some donations for the shop um, and she said well, why have you got anything to pay out like, people think that charities have everything free of charge and it's just not the case no of course not of course <laughs> We um, have electricity, water, all the usual stuff. Of course, stuff that of course, everyone it else is. has to pay. Yeah, of as course. Well. It we is. have to feed the cats over here. They have to. Our, our food bill, for instance, is about a thousand a month. Wow. The, the litter bill is about five hundred a month. So, yeah, there's costs involved in whatever you're doing. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, absolutely understand that. Well, that sounds like amazing work you're doing. Um, uh, do, do you rehome? Uh, or get adopted all the cats, or there's some that yeah. um, that don't go. No, they're they're hundred percent adopted. If some stay, that's our choice that they stay. Mm. We have five handicapped cats at the moment with us. That uh, we have a hectare of land, so they have the freedom to come and go as they like. All right. I was going to say, have you? Yeah. <laughs> it was it sounded like a silly question, but have you got your own cat? <laughs> yeah, we've got ten that live in and around. Um, there's one sort of semi-wild one, let's say. There's five handicapped, three have three legs. Um, one is mentally handicapped due to uh, the incompetence of a local vet, um, mm. but I won't go there. And one, um, actually we have six handicapped, sorry. One is was abandoned because he had cataracts. Uh, yeah. He stayed with us recently because there was a lot of 
intensive care afterwards. And one came to us sadly at the beginning of this year and he always walked a bit funny. And when we did x-rays, it was found that he was absolutely completely full of shock. So he's, he's absolutely, he's never going, you can't remove the shot. No. So he's, but he's a lovely character and mm. he wobbles around, but he's fine. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> yeah. And do you get um, people um, adopting cats in that situation? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, mm. it, it's our choice if they stay. Sometimes if you've got a sob story like that, is that they're more easily adopted. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We don't put the cats to sleep and we can adopt out those that have feline aids as well. So. Mm. well that's good. Uh, again, that comes to a situation that the cat can't be mixed with other cats and it should hopefully stay indoors for its own safety. Mm. So there's lots of circumstances around an adoption as to the cat that is adopted by the, the family. Sure. Tell me about how COVID has, has uh, affected you. Uh, it's been a disaster, basically. Last year, a lot of vets closed their doors, so families that could have afforded one sterilisation found themselves with five or six cats, and those five or six cats, when they're about four months old, they reproduce, so they quickly get inundated. Mm. So the abandons have gone up hugely. Of course, those that were abandoned and not neutered no one saw them because people weren't about. Mm. So that added to the cat population. And because of COVID and because a lot of associations couldn't do fundraising, um, a lot of them closed their doors um, and a lot permanently. Mm. So we're kind of picking up all those three, the so triple whammy. And this year, it's we just don't have the space. We're running at full capacity every day, day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And we sadly have to refuse some cases because we simply can't take any more in. No. My word. Uh, <clears throat> what's, the, what's, the, um, what's the answer now, looking positively? for how, how can we recover from that situation? Well, we need vets to be on board to, mm. to get more neuterings in at a reasonable price. We as a charity, we do offer cut price sterilisation and identification, but we need... The vets are the first point of call, and quite often some of them don't offer neutering until the cat is eight, nine months, when they've already had a litter of kittens. Mm. And we're one of the only charities in France that do early age neutering, so they're neutered before they get adopted, and that is done at two months of age. Mm. So they go out, and we know we're not adding to that problem. So we get vets on board, we get the Maries to put in place their legal obligation to get wild, feral cats sterilised and just released. Yeah. And we need the laws here, which are brilliant, but we need them to be applied. Identification is an obligation, but you're laughed out of court with any case that you take concerning an animal. Mm. There, there needs to be a specific tribunal for animals um, like there is in the UK and that works and it's taken seriously then. Yeah, sure. I mean, also um, in France especially, I don't think cats are treated very kindly by French people. Maybe that's a bit harsh for me to say that, but... I think it's also wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any other 
Yes, France is number one. They admit that for animal abandons. Mm. Um, but everything else is the same as in the UK, in Germany, in Belgium, wherever. We were one of the first to join the EU Cat and Dog Alliance that was set up by two UK charities. Um, so we see, we, we've been to Brussels many times to have meetings and trying to alter the attitude but it's the same everywhere. The only difference in the UK is that there are the infrastructures, the huge, huge organisations mm. like Cat Protection, Blue Cross, RSPCA, all of them, mm. that pick up the pieces. So the situation isn't any different there. And in actual fact, the British expats, wherever they are, they tend to add to the problem in that country, and they do in France. Because we're used to that infrastructure, they think it's the same here. Right. And it's not. And we, at the moment, going back to COVID, I'll also throw in Brexit, whatever you think about it. Mm. But a lot of people, because of Brexit, are going back to the UK. Yeah. And often they don't know what they're going back to. They can't afford to buy a place over there, so they've got to rent. And they can't take their animals with them. Yeah. Um, some of them just don't want to take their animals with them. So that makes the situation so even worse. It, yeah. it, that is also adding to the problems that mm. we've got today. Mm. Also, I, I was talking to a vet the other day um, who says that to have a cat put down, they charge a euro. They are vets that shouldn't be operating because it is not in the deontology of the order of veterinaries for a vet to put a healthy cat to sleep, whatever right. age it is. Really? So if people have that experience, then they should complain to the order of veterinaries. All right. Um, I think the argument from the vet's point of view was that otherwise it's going to end up in the river in a plastic bag. Well, they shouldn't be judging. Then if that's the case, there's also strong laws and their laws that are applied for abandoning animals. Um, people can have two years in prison and 30,000 euro fine. Wow. So, again, the vets are the first point of call. Mm. They should also be saying and advising, which a lot of them don't do, is to get the mother cat sterilised. Yeah. And offer to do that at a reduced price, if they like. Mm. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> yeah, they're, absolutely. they're not looking at the whole picture, and they are one of the first point of calls. And sadly, there are many, many vets around that the first thing they think about is money. Yeah. And it's easier for them to inject a kitten or a cat than to give advice and offer a low-price sterilisation yeah. and identification. Okay. Um, so what advice would you give to somebody listening to this who's always wanted a cat? Um, go to a, a reputable association, charity. Mm -hmm. If you're taking a cat from, or a kitten from where a mother cat is still there unsterilised, then just walk away. Do not take that cat unless you're prepared to get the mother cat sterilised at the same time. Okay. Um, and the same with people who feed cats um, without sterilising. They're adding hugely to the overpopulation of cats. Mm. If you take the decision to feed a cat, you take the responsibility to get it sterilised and identified. Yeah, understood. So a stray cat, if you get a stray cat in your garden or whatever and you feed it, then... It's your responsibility. Yeah. If, if you like, um, a 
wild feral cat normally produces one or two litters a year with one or two kittens. That's their natural cycle. Right. You feed a cat, it can produce up to three or four litters a year with up to eight kittens in each litter. Right. So you are adding to the problem. Right. But if someone wants to adopt a cat, just go to a, a reputable association, make sure it's been tested for feline viruses um, feline AIDS, FIV and feline leukemia, yep. FELV, or that its mother has been, that it's sterilised, um, identified and hopefully vaccinated as well. Lynn, thank you so much for talking to me on Human Stories. It's been absolutely fascinating and hopefully do some good uh, with uh, the cat population, hopefully. Uh, and thank you for all the fantastic work that you do as well. Uh, what's your website, please? It's the name of the association, which is Shadi Kersey, C-H-A-T-S-D-U, Kersey, dot F-R. Brilliant. Thanks ever so much again and good luck for the future. Cheers. Thank you. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll inspire or help others. Get in touch if you have a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to reach your own audience, or if you'd like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.